Hello, I'm Robert Rickover, an Alexander Technique teacher in Omaha, Nebraska. And my guest today is Imogen Ragone, an Alexander Technique teacher in Wilmington, Delaware. We both, uh, both teach mainly online these days. And we're going to have a conversation about, um, it is sort of about the Alexander Technique, but we're going, we're going to use an example from a totally different universe to illustrate a certain basic idea of the Alexander Technique. So uh, Imogen, thank you for being part of this conversation. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I'd be interested to, I'm very interested to hear um, what your idea and this, um, um, and how, yeah, the metaphor or the whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Metaphor or just an example from a different field. Yeah. Um, so I think it might be useful for me to give a brief definition of the Alexander Technique for this interview. I would say it's a way of learning how to um, do whatever you do, go through life with greater ease and efficiency, um, less strain, and by, by basically using your mental capacities to change your physical functioning. And that last part is a bit tailored to our conversation today. Okay. And, yeah, tell us. <laughs> and yeah, this is, this is something I've been, this particular incident, it was more than an incident, major event of World War II, uh, continues to fascinate me as an Alexander teacher, oddly enough. And I'm talking about D-Day, Normandy invasion in 1944. So the war was turning against Germany, but it was definitely not over. And everybody on both sides knew that there was gonna be a, an amphibious, amphibious assault somewhere. Uh, on the coast of, on the Atlantic coast. That was just a necessity for getting the war done, ending earlier. And the allies, well, at that point, uh, Dwight Eisenhower, future president of the USA, he was the supreme commander at that point. He was more supreme than any of the other commanders. Okay. And he... It was his job to, to come up with an invasion plan and then to uh, carry it out. It was not an easy task because the logistics were a nightmare. Um, you had to have supplies in place. You had to have troops in the right place. And most important, you had to keep the whole thing secret because you didn't want, the Germans knew there was going to be an invasion, but they didn't know where. Mm -hmm. And they went through great lengths to give, put out false information to put, take them off track. Anyway, the, 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 this, the place where it was going to be was Normandy. And once everything had been set up in early um, 
June, I think, of 1944, late May, early June, the only thing left for the main thing, let's say, left for Eisenhower to do was to decide when to launch the invasion. It was a timing issue because being uh, an invasion by sea, it depended a lot on weather and tides and that kind of thing. And as it turned out, early in June, the weather wasn't great. Every day, Eisenhower would get up to get the report from his meteorologist, and it wasn't good. And he every day, he had a yes-no decision to make. No, we're not going to do it. Or possibly, yes, we are. It was always no, 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 no. And at some point, it, by the time the 6th of June came around, it was getting pretty close to as long as they could keep this system in place without it being discovered and just keeping it in place was pretty tricky. And as it turns out, he got up that, that morning and he got a report and the weather wasn't perfect, but it was better. He reads the report and this is literally what happened. We have the exact account of this event. He reads the report and he turns to the guy standing next to him, his his sort of second, not second, but his the guy whose job it is to convey his thoughts to the rest of the world, let's say. Mm -hmm. He turns to him and he, he says two words, let's go. That's it. That's all he had to do. But of course, it was a crucial decision. And once he made it, there was really nothing else for him to do of any importance at that moment. Now, as time would go so on. So are you saying at that point, the yeah. point he said, let's go, it was then in the hands of everyone else that had been set up in the, okay. He Got was, it. you know, this I'm is a, this is getting, a military think, thing. So there's chains of yeah. command, and every, he there, he he knew that if he said let's go, they would go, and and whatever needed to happen to make that happen would happen. And there, while there might be some minor issues here or there, they were not his concern. His job was to say, okay, it's time to do it. Of course, later on, after things happened and he needed to modify and so on, yes, of course. But this was a huge decision. I, I, it's hard to convey, I think, today just how huge that was, because without the invasion, the war would have gone on another couple of years. Lots of people would be dead. And with the invasion, there were going to be a fair number of people who were going to be dead as well. And in his pocket, Eisenhower had a note that could be sent to, to the president, to President Roosevelt, re, a resignation note. If this didn't work out, he was gone. You know, he would he would resign. It would be probably the thing he would have to do if this invasion was a, you know, serious failure. failure. So mm -hmm. what I think this illustrates about the Alexander technique, if you think of Eisenhower's brain being the one that makes a decision. Yes, mm -hmm. it's, it's a totally binary decision. Yes, 
Let's yeah. go. Mm-hmm. Um, and everything else, all of the implementation is somewhere outside, away from Eisenhower. Yep. Got it. That's, I think, very analogous to the way it works within ourselves if we want to change the way we function. Um, and, and yeah, it seems, I mean, that's what I really um, made the connection with when you were telling that story. It's like um, in this example that Eisenhower in some ways represents our own prefrontal cortex and all the uh, staff and commanders and who knows what and soldiers and everyone from from every level to the down they just then it was up to those as those um there was a whole system designed to carry out that instruction so within ourselves if we can just give a direction for instance using Mm -hmm. algebra you know Mm-hmm. But the way that works best is that we just give the direction and we don't try and be involved in any other way at all. And we let all the other unconscious systems in our, our body <laughs> um, get on with it. And that's like 99% of the work, really. Yeah. Which doesn't diminish the importance of our prefrontal cortex, which makes these decisions. It's a necessary part, but it isn't the implementation part. And in the case of Eisenhower, he did not hop onto a Jeep and drive up to where the troops were and go around talking to individual commanders and so on. It, uh, that would not have been helpful to anybody. It, you, you know, it'd be a nightmare to have to deal with the general showing up in the middle of we're trying to get the troops on the landing craft and stuff. Right. So, and in fact, he was he was hanging out in an estate in the countryside of your country. And he went back to his room after he said that. So I um that's really that's really all I have to say. I mean, fortunately for all of us, uh, it it was a success, but certainly a lot of people died. You know, it was not a it, there was no clean way to win the war. I mean, people were going to die one way or the other, and his job was to bring it to an end as quickly as possible with its few deaths, mm-hmm. and. In that regard, he succeeded. And once that invasion took place, there was only one more glitch, which was uh, the Battle of the Bulge. I don't know if you ever heard of that, but a nightmare action in 1945 that slowed down the advance mm-hmm. into Germany. But, all, but by once that invasion took place and it was clearly a success, there was no question in anybody's sane mind that Germany, and maybe not in Hitler's mind, but the generals all knew it. And they were all scurrying around collecting artworks and stuff to take back to Germany with yeah. them and stuff. You know, everybody knew the war was going to be over. It's just a in question. The, in of, the Allies' yeah. favor at that point. Absolutely. There really wasn't yeah. any, the, the, even before everyone knew that Germany was going to lose. But they didn't know it was going to be this quick. 
that's the thing and that was his that was just you know that his job was to was just that one thing and he did it and that's history so anything else you want to say about that alexander wise or it's an interesting example um but i, I think it i i can understand why why you've been thinking about it especially in the way that you've been thinking about the kind of the outsourcing and um because yeah. it seems to have a relationship with that idea it's like you just give the command and then it's up to everyone else it's, and it's everyone that, else in terms of ourselves mm-hmm. is, is all the subconscious um, systems and functions of our body yeah yeah it's not a perfect analogy, obviously, but I think yeah. it illustrates that basic issue yeah. that if you want to change things in yourself, you don't want to micromanage it because you can't, period. Yeah. Yeah. You being your conscious brain. The rest of yeah. your body is phenomenal at micromanaging, but it's out of the level of consciousness, just like what was going on in the beach in Dover or wherever it was and then in, on, in France, he wasn't looking at it. I mean, he would get reports, but they were dated by the time he got them. Yeah. He um, wasn't trying to manage the detail. He, was, he of wasn't how, saying, hey, you know, point. I think you need to put more troops over here. He wasn't giving those kind of yeah. micro orders to his generals. At some point, there were some modifications made, but they were based on what had been happened. Yeah. You know, the, the situation changed, obviously. Once the invasion began, it was a whole other world. So in ourselves, that this, so we give a direction, something's happened, we're doing something else, and it's now time to, oh, I need to renew it or give a new direction or, you know. Exactly, you know. exactly. Yeah. So oh, that's interesting. That's, thank yeah. you. <laughs> well, thank you for putting up with this. I, I know we've <laughs> talked about this a, a few times. So uh, my guest today has been Imogen Ragone, an Alexander teacher in uh, Wilmington, Delaware. And uh, I'll put a link to her site by the interview and a link to where you can learn more, a site where you can learn more about the Alexander technique. Thank you so much. You're very welcome.